There's some bombs and we beat them. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. My name is Iman and I'm joined today by the lovely Sarah at Sarah Remington on Twitter and one of my favorite people honestly the very funny Jordan at Mr. Sticks on Twitter. Jordan you want to say hello? Hello what's happening what's popping thank you for having me on happy to be here support the Geldem you know. <laughs> We're very excited to have you on okay so listen guys the Raptors went 4-0 and this week they beat up on on some bums of the Eastern Conference and that's brought them 14 wins in a row. Sarah, do you want to start with the last game that they played? Yeah, man. It's the Matt Thomas game. They end up winning 119-118. Honestly, the bucket of the game was the alley-oop reverse putback that Matt Thomas made. Came to him from Serge Gasol at the top of the key. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what happened to Serge, but he said he's watching Mark, and he really is. Serge doesn't do passes. He does art. (laughs) Well, that pass was art. Mr. 99% got 15 points, 6 rebounds, 3 of 4 from 3. So that was really great to see he hasn't played much he was injured a while my other observation our G League team it's better than the Nets it's better than Orlando and it's better than the rest of the Eastern Conference that is a solid take and <laughs> appreciate it and it is 100% facts how are you as Nick Nurse the madman just gonna trot out a lineup that has played I think I read they only played four minutes together ever and they go on a 11-0 run against a team that's supposed to be seventh in the East and supposed to be in the playoffs even though they're four games now five under 500 it really speaks to the talent development not only in the 905 organization but the Raptors themselves from management to you know assistant coaches everything like it's just it's just insane like to put whatever you have available out there and still produce wins is it's insane we've never seen anything like it on our end I don't know what the Raptors do to eat it out of them but no one is scared mm-hmm. at all there's no fear and it started with no back in 2016 in the playoffs against the Pacers coming in the Raptors were down and he was the savior he put on a cape and decided to win that game and then won the Buck series and you know the next year these guys have no fear when they come in Terrence Davis not scared of anything OG Ananobi is like now nah, give me the assignment at the end of the game yeah. Paris LeVert is hot but like I want that to close it out none of these guys have any fear they're undrafted they're, they come in the second round late in the first round but for whatever reason they come to the Raptors and like confidence is not an issue they're all betting on themselves and they perform at the highest level and it's just so much fun to watch OG's putting the clamps on Levert at the end of the game he has a career high 37 points Karis Levert great to see him finally back from injury doing really well but OG wanted that assignment for the last possession of the game he asked for it and then he like forces Karis into an air ball at the end and then you see him walking off camera after the possession 
when they win the game, and you just see his him mouthing "fuck him." So like, shit. That's- <laughs> yeah, shit, because that that is that is the culture of the Raptors since Masai Jerry took over. It literally starts from him, and then it trickles all the way down because that is the attitude that you know the Raptors organization carries, and you feel that within like MLSC period. You know what I'm saying? Like shameless plug. I work at MLSC. I'm a video editor <laughs> there. Whatever. So I work with people who work with the Raptors directly and it's just like the attitude is just different and you can see it with Masai and then you see, you've seen it with really Kyle Lowry Kyle Lowry like really started this whole thing mm-hmm. in terms of like attitude how to approach games and really establishing a winning culture that kind of fed into DeMar and everything else but obviously it didn't translate into winning a championship but it translated into consistent winning in regular season finally getting out the first round and being very competitive and then when you you know have a ballsy team president just be, lay it all out there he sets the tone just like listen i'm here to win i'm not here to come in second place to anybody i'm not here to have this kind of cloud of fear because that was hanging over the raptors for so long whether it be oh you know not getting out the first round and then oh fearing lebron and whatever it's just like no and all that this is not what we're here for. We're here to win and we're here to win consistently. And when you have a leader like that who is very vocal about it and very brash and isn't afraid to say what's on its mind and isn't afraid to piss people off in the process, if it ends up in a winning scenario, then it's just like, how could you walk on the court with fear knowing that, you know, you have all this energy and this and this juice to just feel like you can win any game that you play? And it's something that we've been starting for for a long time and i'm glad that we have it speaking of just beating up on teams the raptors have consistently been doing that they destroyed the chicago bulls here's the thing zach levine was crying about not being an all-star and then terrence davis was the best player on the court that night i don't know if you guys (laughs) want to get into that but that was an easy win and then the raptors had the home and home with maybe recency bias plays a a little bit of a factor in, in my thinking here but i thought that that was the most exciting game of the season for me the win against the pacers there big scarf energy from from Sergi yep. you guys frankly and I was actually at that game on Wednesday I lost my collective shit people are saying that you know that's one of the best games that they've ever seen and, and everything else one of the best games of the season and that's not hyperbole because it really had everything that you wanted within a basketball game but at the same time for the Raptors there was like a lot of like you know the new era that we're living in and then it had like a whole old Raptors meltdown and then finally just like you have that sequence of drama in the last two minutes it's like how were they able to do this <laughs> i don't understand and so like as it's going along and then you see the full court press and then you see pascal i don't know how he got from the top of the key to half court in one and a half steps to get the steal off off the press and then run it back for the layup like that was insane to me that's one of his best plays of his young career i put that right next to the phoenix game winner but even he was like kind of up and down and stuff but surge offensively was doing great things but then at the same time he was doing things that were so frustrating it was just like i don't know how to feel right now but he came up so big and he's been playing his ass off he's been playing the best basketball of his career at the age of 30 31 whatever he is for that to like you know be the game that you know broke the record for franchise wins in a row it's just like insane and then obviously you know indiana tried they tried it again 
And that game was relatively close until it just broke open. Oh my god, in that second Pacers game, uh, the 115-106, the one you said they broke open at the end, Pascal practically lost his eye. Mm-hmm. He was playing mind at the end of the game. Kyle like gets whiplash late in the third. And my king still argues for his free throws on continuation before he'll even leave for assessment. There's no quit. Kalo has championship energy. I can't even believe how much more fun this season has been for me than last year. Because last year was awesome and it ended awesome, but it was stressed. It- Exactly. Iman, do you have any last thoughts on Indiana before we move on? There's some bums and we beat them. <laughs> <laughs> this is the energy. Well, that's the perfect wrap up. Okay. So moving into our meat of the segment, the weekly dish. This is where we talk about what we think were the kind of cool, notable things that happened in the past week. So I think it would be wrong to start with anything other than just sort of wrapping up Messiah Madness. And, and I'll start by saying, you know, for me, what was my overall takeaway from this is that we've had a lot of fan base cockiness, championship energy this year, which you love to see from one of those insecure fan bases. But then our inferiority complex came back in a hot minute as soon as like we heard Dolan yep. wanted Messiah. And that some of the key, what is it? The Raptors watchers? What was the, you know, the... Ujiri watchers. Ujiri <laughs> watchers. I would like to apply. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so creepy. Who are these people? Maybe Michael Grange and Bruce Arthur, because then they wrote the pieces that really freaked me out. It put me into freak out. I admit it. I was there about how, you know, people inside say, you know, he may be looking, thinking about his next challenge. So whether he goes now or later, this man may not stay forever. And, you know, I can see that. He said right when he got hired, I remember he said to Josh Lewenberg, you know, I'm going to leave this place better than I left it. So that's kind of an implicit, like, I, you know, I'm probably not staying here for forever. And this man has a bigger agenda for life. He wants to bring opportunity to Africa and Africans. And it laces through everything he does. He's woven that into the Raptors and their amazing culture and organizational development that he's done. He's woven that in. He's woven that into the league. Big hand behind expansion of the league, you know, the African Basketball League. I mean, so he has a bigger plan. So I have no doubt at some point he's going to go do something. Whether, you know, when the Knicks opens up and Dolan stops nicking out and actually like fires someone for him or and then he has his New York City platform to, you know, frankly, raise global capital and U.S. and global attention that you don't get in Canada in the media. I don't think he's here forever. So my whole thing about that, and especially about the Knicks, and like, yes, I understand that it is a bigger platform, but to me, my biggest issue, and I I tweeted about this, was like, if the Raptors have done everything right and they won a championship and they've been a competent organization and then the star player leaves to L.A., And then the president then follows and leaves to New York. And these are two incompetent teams and franchises that have just lost. They've just been so bad. Mm -hmm. And then we just lose Masai and Kawhi to these guys because of the city that they're in. I think that that just like makes the NBA look bad. Right. Like I, to me, at least the way that I see it is like, well, what is the point in all these other teams even existing if you're just going to lose out to another city because of their location? Right. And so that was my biggest issue was like, well, what is even the point? <laughs> and so I really I found myself watching Masai Ujiri videos where I was like, OK, yes, Masai, I believe in myself. I believe in the city. Like, we're good. We have you here. And like just consoling myself through that. No, for real, though, I definitely watched some videos just to calm my nerves down. What about you, Jordan? <laughs> It was a hilarious feeling because obviously, like, you know, working for the organization and so there really wasn't any angst or cause for concern. Like, yeah, some people were just like, well, you know, you know, he's eventually going to leave. But 
for the Knicks? No. Absolutely not. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody cared about anything. I cannot confirm this story, but I heard through the grapevine that essentially the whole Messiah to the Knicks story, how it came to be, was overheard by certain media people. And it was actually a joke that was between two coworkers. Okay. And somebody took with it and ran with it. Wow. So I will leave it at that. Like I said, cannot confirm. Or Maybe. Deny. <laughs> we're, we're running with we don't we don't take speculation we're, we're saying this is concrete we're gonna run with this just like stein did breaking news or breaking it right here on dishes and dimes honestly it's and it's, it's just that everybody was just like so chill and just like honestly we went through this thing with washington and washington came with more things to offer and everyone's thinking like oh messiah's wife is she's from dc too and all this other stuff so that was a bigger deal but even then he was just like no so this next thing was just it was just very funny it was very funny my favorite thing was like because the story said that adam silver was like the one pushing it and trying to orchestrate this that now every time like slam or bleach or <laughs> nba tv or like any yeah. like espn any american network talks about the raptors raptor fans have just decided that it's a conspiracy theory and adam silver is the one behind the post it's propaganda it's the machine it's a propaganda machine Exactly, and Adam Silver is now running it for for the Toronto Raptors just to placate us, and I love it. Keep keep going, Adam Silver. Keep doing it. So, Amana Jordan, do you have uh, final thoughts on the trade deadline? Honestly, I don't know. It was just so weird how everything like kind of went down. Like the Marcus Morris trade to the Clippers, I was like, okay, that's interesting. It's sad that the Clippers waived Isaiah Thomas. I'm just like. Ugh. Get this man a chance, man. Get this man a chance. And then, you know, I'm happy for the wigged one, Andrew Wiggins, going to Golden State. So maybe he can have a refresher. So, but yeah, I need him to shine in in nice climate weather. That's nice of you. (laughs) To me, like, I care a lot more about what the Eastern Conference does in in terms of trades. And Miami did not get Danilo Gallinari. So I can, like, I I was like really sweating and I was like, oh, God, (laughs) like, what are the Raptors going to do? I love Gallo. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Any team that he's on is just so much fun. You have, like, the Denver Nuggets that won 57 games, the Masai Ujiri Denver Nuggets team, the Clippers of last year. The, the thunder of this year, like he just fits in seamlessly. He's one of those guys that very similar to to a Kyle and to a Mark who can, you can just like fit in seamlessly on any team. And right. he's not going to be as good defensively as those guys, but just on the offensive end, the fit and just the high IQ, the passing, the facing that he brings you. He would have been so perfect on the Miami Heat. And I'm just so grateful that they get Andre Iguodala, who is like 99 years old and hasn't played a basketball game since June. Like, I love that that is where it caps off. Because to be honest, I'm not very scared of that. What about you guys? I don't really have fear for anyone in the east um love it yeah eric spolstra is the best coach in each not named nick nurse so from a matchup standpoint a miami heat series would give me like stress i don't fear the bucks like at all i know we don't have quite anymore but but at the same time just like we still have gasol ibaka's playing out of his mind Pascal is playing great, and we still have Kyle and we still have Fred. Like we're we're fine. Do you think the non Giannis Bucks like fall apart in the playoffs? Yeah, because they can't sustain the three point shooting for a seven game series, and we saw that last year. Chris Middleton 
I don't fear him. I don't fear Chris Middleton. I want that on a t-shirt. I swear to you, I'll wear that every day. Yo, but because like they lost Brogdon. Brogdon was their second best player. Are they cheaping out? Like, what is wrong with that ownership group? Like, if you're trying to keep Giannis and win a championship, I don't understand it. Letting Brogdon he was go. The rookie of the year went 50, 40, 90, and they're like, mm, you can go. Like, wow, you're dumb. The Raptors. <laughs> bled all of this money and then argue about his per 36 so he can be a, an all-star which yes Stupid. guys i'm still upset about that and i went on a, a chris uh, a chris middleton rant i did not go on a chris middleton rant but like check that out because i'm definitely gonna go on one this season <laughs> probably in the playoffs when he puts up and done um but okay so last week i was really upset about this idea that per 36 was a good reason to base someone's all-star case on and I thought it was very dismissive of what Kyle Lowry is and what Kyle Lowry has been for the Toronto Raptors and now I think people are incredibly dismissive of what DeMar DeRozan is and what DeMar DeRozan has been for the Toronto Raptors. Ryan Russillo was on Bill Simmons' podcast and he had this comment about DeMar DeRozan and trades with him never really working out, which is stupid because he was only traded one time and he was traded for a finals MVP. Literally, yeah. <laughs> someone who's better than 99.99999% of the league, that trade was never going to work out for the Spurs. Right? Like, the only players that are arguably better than Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant and possibly LeBron James at this point. There is no one else that you can say that is better than Kawhi Leonard. So trading Kawhi for anybody else in the league is not going to work out for that other team. So this idea that that's a knock on DeMar, I thought was stupid. Second, DeMar's fit on the Spurs was never going to be good. You have right. Marcus Aldridge, who is just DeMar DeRozan, but stretched out. It's <laughs> 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 so ludicrous that we're knocking him on this. Because, like, to me, the purpose of basketball at the end of the day is to put the ball through the hoop. And that's something that DeMar DeRozan does at a better level than the majority of the NBA. He is yeah. a phenomenal scorer, yeah. right? Like, we, he had that stretch with the Raptors. He scored 30 points nine out of the first 11 games of the season. More and than Michael Jordan. The first person to do that since <laughs> yeah. You cannot knock what he does. (laughs) He had a stretch this year where he had 13 plus games of 20 points or more on over 50% shooting. That was not done besides like LeBron James and Michael Jordan and I think Dwayne Wade were the other players to have done this. What DeMar DeRozan does is score at an efficient rate. It's not the same way that the rest of the NBA likes it to be, right? Like basketball Twitter has decided that if you don't shoot three-pointers, then you're not valuable. And that's Talk just not him. fair and that's just not true. Talk to him. Twitter has been dedicated to saying that DeMar DeRozan puts a ceiling on your team. I believe it. I know that it's true. We watched it with the Raptors. But you yep. cannot deny that he raises is your team's floor and that's what he's done with the Raptors the Raptors yeah. have the top five defense with DeMar DeRozan playing so this idea that he's just this albatross on defense and he's going to completely hurt your team discounts all the things that he does he gets to the line 10 plus times a game like, to obviously going to help your defense <laughs> on the other end because it stops the ball and he does things not in the conventional way and not in the way that everybody else wants him to but that doesn't mean that he's somehow hurting your team because it's not the aesthetics that you want or it's not what your analytics say. Like, it, it fucking works, and it has worked. I apologize for swearing, but it's worked for the Raptors year in and year out. They have a 50-plus team with DeMar DeRozan, so this idea that he's a bad player or you can't win with him discounts the last half of the decade. I hate it. I'm sorry. It's dumb. And I think that's what happens when basketball Twitter – 
And the discourse that happens there becomes the talk of like sports radio because it just gets dumbed down and you lose actual value in anything that you're saying. So mm-hmm. the hate that like the the Danny LaRue's have of DeMar DeRozan has just permeated throughout the rest of the NBA and it just turns the conversation into like nonsense. So DeMar DeRozan is a winning player. He's been a winning player and he'll probably continue to be a winning player. He puts a ceiling on your team, but he certainly raises your team's floor. And I think it's ludicrous that we pretend that that's not true. I want everyone on Dishes and Dimes to listen to this. Don't ever say that I never say anything nice about DeMar DeRozan. He's good, he's good. Okay, so that's my rant. I think we can move on, guys. (laughs) I think this needs to be a tradition. And Iman rant is like gonna be a classic Dishes and Dimes tradition. Chris Middleton, I'm coming for you next. I don't know, I think we just have one quick thing to say before we move on to our next piece. I'm seeing the All-Star Draft happen this week. Giannis and LeBron are pretty fun, fun tradition. Giannis is low-key trolling the Raptors and the Heat fan bases by uh, drafting Siakam and Kyle. Kyle's so great in the locker room. Drafting Bam and Jimmy. I mean, Raptors Twitter conveniently ignores that. And Bron boiled Giannis's team world aspirations, drafting Luca. And then, of course, there was jokes at the expense of the beard, James Harden, which I always enjoy. Chuck made fun of him, calling him the dribbler, Giannis passed up drafting him, saying he wanted either Trey or Kemba because he wants someone who passes the ball. Kind of a meaningless game. It's just a fun little interlude. I think that maybe puts us at the end of sort of our weekly topics, unless, you know, Jordan and Iman, do you have anything to say about, you know, the All-Star draft? If Giannis wants to build the team world at the All-Star, just play for the one international team in the NBA. Like, save yourself the trouble. It's that simple. It's that simple. Listen, listen, (laughs) Giannis' Twitter manifested him drafting (laughs) Pascal and Kyle Lowry into existence. Because we've been talking about it for weeks. We're just like, okay, this is exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Nick Nurse is going to coach Team Giannis. And, and Giannis is going to draft Pascal. And, and then he's going to draft Kyle Lowry. And that happens. And then he'll be here in 2021. So what's the and issue? And that's going to happen. It's done. <laughs> it's I love how it sends Buckford Twitter over the edge. Because I don't think they get that we're, we kind of believe it. And then we're kind of propaganda trolling. Let them worry about their per 36 numbers. Listen, fine. Let them have what they have right now. Let them have their great regular season let them try to chase 72 and 10 which is obviously they're not going to get let them have all these things because when the mans are holding the larry ob again and then we take their main mandem from them then they can just cry about it so let them do all the things that they do right now because it's going to be ugly for them in the future so next we have our kind of quick regular segment, The Five and Dime. This is where we talk about somebody or someone in the NBA that's a perfect 10 this week. Jordan, who is your Five and Dime this week? Five and Dime this week is actually, it's kind of like a combination of a play and two players. It was a beautiful pass. On the second Indiana game, it's Kyle Lowry doing what he does best, drawing in the defense. And then he goes up, you look like he's going to kick it out back to the top of the key, but he kicks it over to a wide open Terrence Davis. And then Terrence Davis splashes it. I'm just like, oh, beauty, beauty. And Terrence Davis just continuing to build on top of what's already been an insane rookie year. Man, undrafted. Undrafted rookie. Playing like a top three pit. Like, it's so insane to me. He's a dime a dozen, but he's really a dime in his own world. <laughs> he's a perfect 10. 
She is a dime. That's perfect because he was also my dime. Terrence Davis, too. Was amazing week. I think he averaged something like 19.7 points over the last four games, 5.7 rebounds. I mean, he's a rookie. It's crazy. 60-61-50 shooting split, 27.5 minutes. I mean, that's bananas. He gets his career high, 31 points against the Bulls, and he is the starter and early spark against the Nets last night with 20 and 8. And like his blistering 5 of 8 from 3, being another undrafted rookie for the team of undrafted rookies. Beyond his performance, this guy has the energy he has the raptors energy he'd rather play in the playoffs than the rising star and then he's the biggest sweetheart his mom came to watch him play in indiana and you see him on video like i love her so much and then he talks about the team after his big 30 point game and all the love they showed him and he's just his quote was it just shows you what type of team this is we all love each other we care about each other and i wouldn't want to be anywhere else honestly so i mean terrence davis perfect 10 iman who's yours my five and dime is actually a fine and dime, and he goes by Serge Plata. <laughs> Big scarf energy. He hit the game winner this week. I mean, he's just been absolutely brilliant. He's played so incredibly well in Marcus Ole's absence. He has been hilarious with the clips of him and OG. Big scarf energy all around. That's my fine and dime because, well, it's Serge Plata. I mean, he is a very handsome man. I can't lie. <laughs> so we're here we are at the dime bag our listener question segment so brad from brad who is too much hoop he does those awesome like defense videos on youtube all defense videos shout out to him yeah those are amazing those are great videos one of my favorite things whenever they come out i get so excited because defense always gets cut yep. so his question was he wanted us to rank how angry and depressed each two to six team in the east fan base is going to be because <laughs> he when they get knocked out in the first round because we know a few of them are going to get knocked out in the first round i'm pulling up the standings right now just to see who's two to six okay <laughs> okay wow this is hard actually if you don't mind me going first yeah, go i think sixers first raptors celtics heat pacers i was actually almost exactly with you i think i switched the raptors and the celtics but it's totally arguable. Why are you picking the Sixers first? Oh, because that franchise... Actually, you know what? Sixers fans are hilarious because they acknowledge <laughs> the fact that Ben Simmons is a coward and that <laughs> one of them or Joel Embiid needs to go. So I think... And because of the fact that they're performing miserably lower than their expectations of the season, they probably won't be as mad. But, okay, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And I know how, like, those fans are. And Sixers fans are basically an extension of Eagles fans. I'm sorry, you're a fan uh, of words? I don't get it. You know what? You don't have to... We don't have to do this. We've been doing this for 10 years, Amon. Like, you just need to <laughs> stop the slander already. Please. My team won a Super Bowl. Give me some respect. Please. I'm sorry, a bull that's, like, super? <sighs> Large Negro sigh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, listen, Philadelphia is a city that is very passionate about their teams, and they're going to... Listen, they still haven't recovered from Game 7. Like, you talk about Game 7 to any of them, and they get PTSD. That's why I put the Sixers first, because they take their disappointments to an extreme. I have the Sixers first as well, because I think they had the highest expectations coming into the year. So yeah. despite the fact that they've been playing so poorly, I think a lot of people, especially in the media, are saying, well, you know what, in the, you know, in the playoffs, this is a playoff team, we saw what they could do last year, and I don't buy into that. I think, you know, when you lose Jimmy Butler, who was arguably their best playoff performer a lot of times, and you lose J.J. Redick, and so you're killing your spacing, and yeah, they made some moves at the deadline to help with that, but marginal moves. So to me, I think the Sixers are going to be disappointed the most just because they have to really figure this stuff out. They have to figure it out with, with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons there. 
they had the highest expectations. They've got two superstars. The clock is running in the same way that it's running for Giannis. It's also running for Joel and, and Ben. Yep. And so I think that they would be the most upset. And I have the Celtics as number two. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I think the Raptors are probably number two just because yep. the Celtics are so young. And it looks like that that's going to be the team moving forward. You have Jalen Brown, you have Jason Tatum, you're letting them kind of grow. I think that the clock isn't on them as hard as it might be on the Raptors, who Marcus Olsen is last year here, Sergi Baca as well, uh, Fred Van Vliet's a free agent. So you have all these guys coming off the books. And the Raptors really want to prove something with Kawhi Leonard gone, see how far they can go and to see what they can do. So I think the Raptors flaming out in the playoffs again because that was a narrative before Kawhi Leonard came I think that that would hurt the most so I'd probably put the Raptors second have the Celtics third um and then I don't know everybody else is after because I don't think they mattered as much yeah it would be brutal for the Raptors to go to go out yeah in the first round it would be humiliating all right I'm gonna lump some of these together because I find them fun but there's I'm gonna call this the outfits question James Gleason asked us what would be your game day outfit leading to the court if you were a player essentially my answer is a big fat scarf wrapped around my body and nothing else and that's all I'm wearing big scarf energy for me I think that's gonna make us win every time that's it I'm on the floor is yours please (laughs) how do I follow that up here's the thing my tax bracket right now (laughs) and what it would be if I was an NBA player is just completely different that my mind frame is not even there like I don't know what I'd wear because I don't have the money give me the money once I'm there and I can like shop where they shop, then I can I can come up with a better answer for you. Oh, that's so weak. Like, what kind of cop out is that? <laughs> and I have the budget. I don't have the budget to think like a player. Fam, fam, fam. We're using our imaginations here. You can't even do that. Nope. Wow. Our imagination now. On my tax bracket. Okay, fine. So I love me a good turtleneck. That is my whole brand. That is my aesthetic. That is what I pop out the most in. So I'll wear a very nice sleek turtle neck and some nice pants, some Louboutin shoes because I definitely need to have those at some point in my life. And my championship ring. What are you talking about? Of course. That's a hot outfit. I endorse it. Thank you. Okay, so we got a bunch of scarf questions that I think are kind of fun. Six sports fan asked us, do we keep wearing scarves in June when the wraps make it back to the finals? Yes. <laughs> yeah, hell yes is the only answer. That's the only, yes. That's it. Yes. Alexis, but with a scarf, asked us, how long before Serge gets his own line of luxury, a luxury couture scarf? What month are we in? February? Yeah. April. <laughs> He's the most charismatic Raptor we've had in... I don't even remember the last Raptor. Who would have thought it, was... too? Wasn't he surly at first? Yeah, he was, like, really grumpy old man vibes. I'm just like, you're not even old man. in Oklahoma and then Orlando? Like, who can blame him? That's true, especially Oklahoma. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I'm with you. It might even be faster than April. Hermes is really dumb. They don't snap that man up to a worldwide deal. Mm-hmm. They have hot scarves. I think Serge already wears some of them. Swagless Charlotte Hornet already co-opted his I Do Art. For their I mean, I low-key, I low-key have a rant against Charlotte, but I'm just like, you know what? That's not, it's not my Let's hear it. I mean, Let me tell you something. There is a large generation of Raptors fans who do not know what stress that we went through whenever we played the Charlotte Hornets, who used to be the Charlotte Bobcats. Every time, it feels like every time we played that team, it was just like, we just couldn't, we just couldn't win. Even the Barnani years, Charlotte, it was always just one of those teams that's nagging and nagging and nagging. It's just like, and the fact that they did this to Surge, like they took his whole thing. I'm just like, no, you don't get to do that. You don't do art. You do <laughs> you do consecutive losing streaks. You yeah. do missed playoffs. You do mediocrity. 
Michael Jordan is your team order, but you do nothing winning of the sorts. So no, you don't do art. You do trash. But that's what you are as a franchise. You do don't well. try to come for us and our content and use it as your own when your sauce is sauceless. You have no sauce. You have no taste. There is nothing in the texture of anything that you present that would be satisfying. So please take your mediocrity and your obscurity <laughs> and your just inept and go, please. Far Hands away off from our us. NBA treasure, Serge Ibaka. Hands off. Like, please, just don't ever in your life ever try to come for us ever again like that and think that we wouldn't notice. Are you crazy? So I think we have a few more and then we'll wrap up. We've got bring another tampering question with Giannis. I think we- Yes, I'm here for tampering. I'm here for all. <laughs> all- like, how do they do it? How did Pascal, Kyle, and Nick do it? It was Chrissy Myers' question. Okay, well, here's the thing. It's just placing the seeds. It's just like, oh, when you're in Toronto, go to this restaurant or talk about this thing. Or, you know, it's just like talking about the, the different things that they do in the city. You want to sell the city. Because you sell the city, then the team is just... Giannis knows how good this team is. You just got to sell the city. Not talk about all that shit. So that's what they got to do. They got to plant those seeds of how great Toronto is. And that his brother needs to like let him know. Exactly. Just like, yo, these are all these wicked people. deep in Toronto. A lot of them. Take him to the Danforth. Take him to the fancy places. Take him to everything. Giannis is the only man in the NBA and probably in Toronto history that would be the king of East York and the (laughs) West End at the same time. Just covering all his bases. Yo, <laughs> the, diaspora, the diaspora would run so deep. And let me tell you, people don't understand that I know that Raptors tickets in the regular season and playoffs are expensive. And that's why a lot of people of color cannot go. Because, like, you know, it's, it's pricey. Let me tell you something. Giannis comes to this team. The whole diaspora is going to be in Scotiabank Arena every game. They will fight. They will figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I guess we have one more question, Iman, for you. Chris Bridgen wanted to know why you got uh, booted off of Twitter for a day this week. (laughs) Honestly, it was so dumb. It was nothing. I think I like I tweeted a promo for the pod that Katie and Yasmin did. And I think I said, you know what, if you don't listen to this, you're a hoe. Wow. And that got me kicked off. And I'm like, literally, my name was Boo You Whore for like a decade. Like, how is this? <laughs> I don't understand. But someone felt offended about me calling them a hoe for not listening to the podcast. So they, you know they what? Personal attack, Iman. Personal attack. This this gentrified version of Twitter, I don't like it. I mean, good for like, you know, the fact that there is some level of control in terms of kicking people off. Like if there's if it's literally just a computer being like, oh, bad word kicked off without word, control context. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. It's trash. It's a trash system. Twitter, fix your shit. Yeah. I think... I think that's it, man. Yeah, I think that covers it for the day. So thanks, everyone, so much for joining us again on Dishes and Dimes, our all-women Raptors NBA podcast. Really want to thank our guest, Jordan, for joining us this week on the Surprise Edition. And from Iman and me, thanks so much. Make sure you tune in next week after the Raps get their 16-game win streak. Energy. Energy. <laughs> I need that. I need it. I like it. Probably a lot. I just got some sort of reverse jinx in here. Timberwolves games and now continue. And yeah, subscribe, listen, rate a review. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud. Please listen to us. Follow us on Twitter at Dishes Dimes Pod. And maybe check out all our co-hosts. We're listed there. And thanks so much, everybody. Bye.